Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everyone. For 15 years, we've been looking for uh, solutions to help what's going on as a crisis in this country about chronic pain. Most importantly, what can we do to eliminate back pain without opioids, without painkillers? Well, that's been a question for many people for a really long time. Dr. Alpesh Patel, joining me here today, Director of Orthopedic Spine Surgery at Northwestern Memorial Hospital, has some insights for all of us today and some very exciting news. Dr. Patel, great to have you here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You know, chronic pain has been part of our conversation for a really long time, but we've gotten a whole lot smarter in a 15-year period. But still, I'm not sure we have all the answers. I would love to ask you, how prevalent is back pain? Um, you know, I'll tell you, I play table tennis with a bunch of folks, and man, I, there are more people putting stuff on their back than are hitting the ball. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a very common problem. If we look in the United States and we look at the numbers, somewhere between 80 to 90% of adults will have some degree or some episodes of back pain at some point in their life. So it's almost not a question of if it's going to happen, but when. The good news is that most people don't have severe debilitating back pain or, or back pain symptoms, uh, and that these symptoms will come and go, and they respond well to things like anti-inflammatories, ice, some stretching, um, and that's the acute pain symptoms. The, the chronic situation is obviously a little bit of a different story. Well, let's talk about the difference between acute and chronic, because I, uh, I don't think folks actually know. Uh, we kind of like to lump a bunch of things together, but there are differences, and the differences provide different solutions. They absolutely do. And in medicine, we definitely lump things together. So if we were to lump acute pain, what does that mean? It generally means symptoms that last on the order of days to maybe weeks. It can be a sense of tightness, stiffness, pressure, pain in the back. It may sometimes be associated with a sciatic pain or a pain that spreads into the buttocks or into the thighs. And that generally is self-limited, meaning that with time, with a little bit of rest, maybe some anti-inflammatory medications and some exercise, we'll see those symptoms go away. That's the acute pain world. And I think that's a world where, unfortunately, a lot of times people will uh, be prescribed opioid or narcotic-type medications uh, when other uh, medications or, honestly, just time alone can be very effective. Chronic pain is a little bit different story. Chronic symptoms are when these symptoms either recur repetitively or where they last for many months or even years at a time. And that's where we really need to dig in a little bit more and understand the diagnosis, sort of what's the cause of those symptoms so that we can find the right treatment. Um, I want to just kind of take a sneak peek at the innovations that you've been part of. And, you know, I think we have some information that might be a little outdated, right? 
Um, and, you know, we, we, we have to try to understand what's happening. You know, I come from a, a family, my sister died on a hospital floor at 450 pounds. So I understand the complications from obesity. Um, but even uh, some weight gain, 20 pounds too much, doesn't that have an impact? Is this also a lifestyle issue or not? Yeah, I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head, which is that this is something we haven't talked about a lot when it comes to lower back conditions. We haven't talked about lifestyle. We haven't talked about exercise, about taking good care of our backs. We haven't talked about weight control. We haven't talked about things like smoking cessation. So getting people off cigarettes is yeah. one of the first things that we'll do at Northwestern Memorial in terms of treating people with chronic painful conditions. There's a number out there that's helpful that I, I share with my patients, which is that about every pound of weight that we carry is about three to four pounds pounds of force or pressure that our backs will feel. So when we talk about weight loss, even 15, 20 pounds of weight loss goes a long way towards alleviating pressure and pain in the lower back. Yeah. And, you know, once we get beyond that threshold, it's a whole different ballgame. You know, I, I mean, 20, 30 pounds, which we now know is we're, we're getting pretty close to national average here. Um, but beyond that, what are some of the innovations we have seen you know, to relieve the pressure in the spine, perhaps to do something that's not been done before. What have you discovered? Absolutely. So, you know, what, we, what, we've, what we've tried to do in terms of discovery is trying to tackle some of the misconceptions when it comes to lower back surgery. The common things that I will hear are that lower back surgeries are really high risk. They're really dangerous that they are really um, uh, a long time for recovery, that they don't work, that people need to go back for more and more surgery. So all of that, um, all of that perception leads to a lot of people delaying or even not ever seeking out surgical care when it could be very beneficial to them. So if we really hone in on specific problems like spinal stenosis, or disc herniations where there's pressure on the nerves and a pinching on the nerves. That's a painful condition that works very, that can be treated very well with surgical management. And what we've innovated around over the last 10 to 15 years is something called minimally invasive spine surgery. And what that means is performing spinal surgeries that used to be done through extensive procedures, large scars, a long time in the hospital and trying to get rid of a lot of that, trying to offer the same results through smaller, you know, one inch or two inch incisions, offering those procedures potentially as an outpatient versus staying in the hospital for days on end, and then also offering people faster recoveries. So hopefully getting back people back to work on the order of weeks instead of months. So, you know, what is it, uh, what is it that you see might be the obstacles for people, you know, saying, yeah, I want to find out more about that. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about what the surgery involves. How do we get them from the idea that, oh my gosh, this is really not good to this is innovative and getting educated and informed? Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic question. I think first and foremost, I would not read, not believe everything you read online, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I would take what your neighbors and your friends tell you with a grain of salt mm -hmm. because not everybody's lower back condition is the same. And I think if you start off with a healthy dose of skepticism about what you're reading and what you're hearing from your family or your friends, that will open the door to at least seek out good physicians, good surgeons, from which you can then sit down, talk to them, and get a good insight on what's going on with regards to your lower back and then what options are available to you. But a lot of it starts by getting good sources of information and kind of filtering out the not-so-good or the questionable sources of information. 
Um, so, uh, you know, I know our time is, <laughs> is a bit short here. Um, the question mark that seems to be coming up for a lot of people right now is I'm doing really okay taking this uh, prescription oxy, whatever it is, oxy fill in the blank. You know, I'm following mm -hmm. my prescription. That's what I'm doing. I, I'm kind of going right along here. And yet, even with the headlines, we're just not a whole lot of educated about this. You know, where does the surgery fit in to help people say, okay, you don't, we can get you off that stuff. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the the education really hits in and the idea that it's not okay to be on opioids. It's not okay to be taking narcotic pain medications for your entire life because we know it's killing people, right? We know that it's playing a big role. The part of the epidemic is the idea that we're seeing people get not just medical conditions, but medical complications, but we're seeing people die from these on a regular basis. And so the idea that it's okay to take these medications, I think that is something we need to, we need to just get rid of. We need to move past that idea and understand that they're dangerous. Now, also then is understanding that for the right problem, surgery can be done safely and we can effectively get people off of painkillers if they're motivated to do so. Mm. Um, what do you think the greatest challenge is for us right now around this? I mean, the statistics, and maybe we should share a little bit of them, uh, around back pain, chronic pain, uh, are just shooting through the roof for a lot of reasons. I mean, we talked about lifestyle here for a minute. Um, but, you know, we're now at a tipping point with the level of chronic pain. And so, you know, I just would love to hear from your perspective, you know, what you see the challenges are to making sure people understand what this solution could mean for their lives. Yeah, I think the I think the the biggest challenge is one that we're actually we've actually crossed one of the big hurdles, which is that now we're actually talking about the problem. Right? We for years never really talked about chronic pain. We let people take their medications. Uh, we saw an abundance of use of opioid medications. We saw problems with addiction and really it never really gathered much um, conversation in a day-to-day -day, uh, standpoint. I hear this from my patients now where they're worried about opioids, whereas even just five years ago, 10 years ago, there was this concept that, well, you know, their medications, they're just like taking a, a Tylenol. Uh, there's not much more to them. So we've crossed one of the big hurdles in, in taking on the uh, epidemic that is chronic pain. The next, the next real challenge is trying to, to hone in a little bit more and to really understand what the underlying medical diagnosis you know, pain is just a symptom, right? Low back pain is just a symptom. And getting down to the point of understanding what the cause of it is, is probably our next big hurdle. And understanding that there are some conditions in the lower back which are very amenable to surgical management, and probably we should be thinking about surgery earlier rather than later. And then there are other conditions in the lower back that we probably should never be thinking about surgical management for, and instead really honing in and really focusing in on lifestyle issues, on therapy, on exercise, and honestly, and even uh, some level uh, thinking about uh, the cognitive behavioral components of low back pain. We need to, we can't ignore anymore either. Well, you know, let's talk for, uh, we've got a, a, about a minute or so left. Let, let's talk about the vision for this. And what I mean is from where you sit, Dr. Patel, um, where do you see the vision going, opening up to? Uh, and then uh, again, you, you know, how can we give uh, people a website to find out more? Where do you see the future of this being? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I will tell you, I think if I were to 
pick out a perfect path forward, I would say, listen, it's an idea of educating individual people as well as physicians to better understand the different causes of low back pain and the different uh, reasons individuals can, can have low back pain and to identify those early rather than late. If we can get to early diagnosis and early accurate diagnosis, then we're going to have a much better results in terms of the treatment we can provide. A lot of the information we talk about today is on our website, which is at nm.org slash radio. That's uh, nm.org slash radio. And a lot of information there is, uh, is on what we're doing at Northwestern to try to be at the forefront of that conversation, to try to get to early diagnosis and early treatment and working as a, a team of, of physicians uh, to, to accomplish that for our patients. Awesome. Thank you so much. One last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Listen, I, I would want pa patients who are suffering with lower back conditions to understand that it's not a hopeless endeavor, that there are lots of options we have for treatments, that they need to be actively engaged in their care. They can't just go in and do whatever they're told. They really need to ask hard questions of their physicians and understand the condition much better than what I see uh, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis now. Wow. Uh, thank you so much. One more time for that website, please. Absolutely. It's nm.org uh, slash radio. nm.org slash radio. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. Listen, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. <sighs> Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. I am really excited to be talking with all of you today. We have two very special people joining us here. Feeding Better Futures, one team's mission to make a dent in world hunger. Now, you all have heard us talk about what it means to pay it forward, what it means to create a ripple effect, what it means to take an action, as we like to call it, good deeds for a better world. Today, you're going to hear from Katie Sagliano and Mary Jane Melendez about what it means to take that action. Mary Jane is the Executive Director of General Mills Foundation Global Philanthropy and Volunteerism. Uh, Katie, yep, one of those people somehow gets tapped by an angel, steps forward and says, I am going to change the world. And this is how we're doing it. Thank you both for joining us here today. Thanks Thank for you so us. much for having us. Okay, let's start out, Mary Jane, if you don't mind, let's start out with you and then Katie, we'll just hop over to you. Um, let's talk about what this grand prize was all about and what the role is of General Mills Foundation in providing these opportunities. You bet. The General Mills Feeding Better Future Scholars Program is really about seeking youth-led 
local to global solutions in hunger relief and sustainable agriculture. Those are the focus areas of General Mills in terms of our global philanthropy. In its inaugural year, General Mills asked young people in North America to share in-action solutions that they were leading in their communities that were impacting these areas. And this is really important today because nearly 800 million people around the world don't know where their next meal is coming from. So global hunger is a significant issue and we all can play a role. We know that by 2050, it's projected that there'll be nearly 10 billion people on the planet. And recent estimates suggest that food production will have to increase by 70% to feed everybody. So what we have to do is find solutions now in how we produce and distribute food to be able to feed and nourish tomorrow and the future. And for so many years, General Mills has implemented solutions across our supply chain through the efforts of the General Mills Foundation. And now with Feeding Better Futures, we're excited to combine the fresh thinking of young innovators like Katie with General Mills' ability to scale really big ideas into big impact. Wow. That, well, first of all, thank you and uh, congratulations for your effort to open up a doorway for folks like Katie to step through. Katie, you not only stepped through, but my goodness, man, you like leaped through, like rocketed through on this. <laughs> so first of all, it's like she's on a rocket. Uh, thank you for doing this. But let, let's talk about the beginnings of things because that's what I love to talk about. You know, you're talking to somebody that was homeless at 17. So I know what it's like uh, to be looking for food. What is it that touched you on the shoulder, what is it about what you discovered in the world where you said, I have got to do something here? When I was nine years old, I received a tiny cabbage seedling as a part of a school project. I planted it in my backyard and that tiny cabbage seedling grew to be a 40 pound cabbage. And I was in shock. <laughs> I was not quite sure what to do with it because I knew it was far too much food for just my family and I. And every night before we sat down to dinner, my dad will always tell us how lucky we were to be sitting down to a healthy meal and how there's some families who aren't as fortunate as us who may go to bed hungry or rely on soup kitchens for what could be their only meal of the day. And then I decided that I wanted to donate my cabbage to a soup kitchen to help feed these families in need. I brought my cabbage to a local soup kitchen where I was able to serve it to 275 people. And that one experience really changed my life. It really opened me up to the issue of hunger and how prevalent it is in my community. Everyone at the soup kitchen was families just like mine who had fallen down on hard times. And I really wanted to do more to help these people. So I decided if one cabbage can feed 275 people, imagine how many people an entire garden could feed. And that's really what inspired me to start Katie's Crops and do more in the fight against hunger. I love it. And I want to just tell everybody that if you're listening right now, um, and we only have a short segment here, but I want everybody to go to katiescrops.com. So it's K-A-T-I-E-S, crops with a K, K-R-O-P-S.com. When you get there, uh, you will not only be inspired, but you will get the energy and the vibration of Katie and what the future could be with young folks like her stepping out partnering, as we said today, with organizations uh, like General Mills Foundation, because as us here in a positive network, our goal is to create a better world. 
Uh, Mary Jane, let's talk about this. Now, you just heard Katie, and I love that. A 40-pound cabbage. Wow, that's incredible. Um, I got to tell you, I was so inspired by this story that um, I don't live in a place where I have a large garden. So I created um, uh, gardening boxes. And for the first time in close to 30 years, I'm actually growing tomatoes. And that, if you know anything about the Pacific Northwest, that is a miracle in itself. But let's talk, Mary Jane, about this and how important this is in the world. What, what's your perspective and, and honoring Katie? You know, I, I just think that this is such um, an important program and such important work. You know, the issue of global food security is is huge and, and heartbreaking at the same time. Hunger exists in every community, mm. in every neighborhood, and sometimes with, it can be within your you know own circle of family and friends. It's it's not an issue that um, it's it's a it's a silent issue, and each of us have the ability to to do something about it, whether it's big or small. So thank you for growing tomatoes. I'm I'm so grateful that you're <laughs> you're helping in in your way, um, and I think that you know individuals and businesses can engage to do something about it. So some of the ways that General Mills as a global food company is helping to alleviate hunger is through the food we make. We we donate food in every community where we operate. In fact, the donations that we provided last year helped to provide 30 million meals to feed hungry children and families all around the world. We uh, are also very focused on food recovery. So one third of the food that's produced on the planet ends up in a landfill. Meanwhile, we have more than 800 million people who are hungry and don't know where their next meal is coming from. So food rescue and not wasting the food that we already have is also so incredibly important. And individuals can start by you know, utilizing the food that's in their refrigerator or making sure that um, you know, they're providing meals or sharing it where, where they can. Use your freezer. It's amazing how many things can keep by just putting them in the freezer. So trying to get the word out about how individuals can take action and make a meaningful difference because every little step will add up to big impact. Yeah. Uh, I mean, thank you so much for, for saying that. I, I want to ask you, Katie, um, since that very first cabbage, if I might, I don't know if you can go back that far, but since that very first cabbage, how have you continued to be inspired? How have you continued to be passionate about this? And what is it in your future, your vision that excites you most today? My absolute favorite part about Katie's Crops is the people that I'm able to help. Because of Katie's Crops, I've really been able to create a second family of all the individuals that receive press fresh produce, and the individuals who come to the dinner, I've known them for so long, and they really are like a second family to me, and they continue to inspire me each and every day. So getting to see them, getting to donate fresh produce to them, getting to see their triumphs, and seeing them get back up on their feet again is my favorite part of Katie's Crops by far, and what continues to inspire me each and every day. As for the future, because of General Mills and their amazing donation, I can see Katie's Crops expanding further across the United States and someday I hope across the world and empowering more youth to help fight hunger in their communities because the overall goal of Katie's Crops is really to put a dent in the fight against hunger, which sounds like a big goal, but working together, we can achieve amazing things. Yeah, you know what? It does sound like a big goal, but you know what? I'll tell you what about this. You know, 15 years ago, I started with one hour of radio, the only or one of the few positive talk radio voices ever anywhere. Now, 
that's gone 15 years later into thousands and thousands of radio shows, uh, 10 channels on positive talk. And I'm telling you this for one reason only. I hope you don't ever compromise on your dream. I hope you don't listen to anybody that says dream smaller because I can see Katie's crops in every major city in this country, in every major city in the world and in the suburbs. I mean, this is something that young people, if they knew about it, they would be able to not only support this, but I could see Katie's Crops having a city name, every city name after it. And that's what excites me about talking to you. Mary Jane, Thank what do you think about that? that? I so love sweet. the idea. So <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm trying to figure out, I know this is supposed to be a, a little short interview, but I took one look at this and I saw Katie's Crops dash Seattle, Katie's Crops dash New York City, Katie's Crops dash uh, Boise, I, I, it's there. And I hope that the partnership between the two of you continues so that the funding for this and creating street teams, as we call them, we call them street teams, all over the world can bring this to bear. That's how important this is, Katie. I don't know if you know how important you are. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for General Mo's support and to have such a large company supporting me and helping me with my dreams is just the most amazing feeling. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about this too. Thank you. Thank you. So listen, General Mills is not just, this is one of several things that you all do. Um, you've got to be excited about what Katie has done. Uh, can, where do you see Mary Jane? I'm going to ask you, where do you see the future of this? Can you see that vision that I just pointed out right there? That vision of Katie's crops dash Seattle, Katie's crops, you know, dash, dash Bridgewater, New Jersey. Can you see that? <laughs> I do. I, I totally see it. And I think it will happen. I think she's got, um, you know, the where there's a will, there's a way. And what, a, what an incredible gift to the world if we're able to do that. And one of the reasons I'm so excited about the General Mills Feeding Better Future program is because we're just starting to scratch the surface with these new young innovators who have yep. incredible ideas on how we can solve this issue. We, it, where there's, like I said, where there's a will, there's a way. We can solve hunger. It is doable. And I think by harnessing the passion, the power, innovation, um, and solutions that the next generation has, we can absolutely do it. Well, I got to tell you, I did an interview with Sodesco and they talked about, Katie, your generation and the generations to come. And what the studies and the research reveal is exactly the character, the values that you show up with here. That of generosity, that of creating a better world, that of being relentless about your passion and your vision for what action you want to take that for being uncompromising about what you believe in in the world of possibilities. And Katie, that's what, that's what I see in you and the inspiration you are to the world. Thank you so much. You are so sweet. Oh my gosh, you're making my day. Well, I got to tell you, I hope you two continue to work together. I can't wait to get this up there on the air. Now, look, one last question. How can people donate to this? What is, uh, can, we, can they go to katiescrops.com? I mean, it says support our efforts there. Is that the best way to do that? Yes. The best way is to go to our website. We have a wish list on our website, how you can get in contact with us, how you can volunteer. And you can also check out the Feeding Better Futures website 
for another spotlight on Katie's crops as well as the other finalists in the contest. And I want to just tell everybody, when you go to there, please purchase a copy of Katie's Cabbage, okay? Let's get a hold of that. And I got, I got to get your personal number and get, help me out with these tomatoes. Mary Jane, one last question. I know you got to run. I want to hear from each of you. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? And thank you. My message would be to get involved and be engaged in your community. Every small act can add up to just incredible generosity and kindness. And we have the power within each of us to do good and to solve these big issues. So I would say, um, come in, roll up your sleeves, join us, and uh, help to feed the future. Thank you. Katie, how about you? What's your personal message? I would have to echo the exact same thing and really just encourage everyone to follow their heart and if they have a passion to really run with it because that's what I've did and it's truly changed my life and I think it's going to go amazing places in the future. So definitely everyone should just follow their cart, follow a cause that they believe in and you really never know the ripple effect and the amount of lives that you can touch. You don't. And I want to just make sure everybody knows, right, Mary Jane, feeding better futures with the nest.com, right? Feeding better futures with the nest.com. Okay, everybody, we're going to be putting banners of this on our website and also sending out in our newsletter. Thank you both for being who you are. I really appreciate you both. Thank you so so much much for having us. You bet. Let's take a short break, everybody. Come on, grow something. We'll be right back. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit maryjanemack.com. Darcy Pariso is your connection to spirit, energy, and healing. You can meet Darcy in person at upcoming events throughout Seattle. Do you have questions about your animal companions, yourself, or do you desire to communicate with loved ones on the other side? Darcy will connect you and get answers. Darcy can also work with energy healing to help you and your animal companions feel more balanced and recharged. Visit DarcyPariso.com events. All right, everybody, here we go. Yep, take the burn out of summer birthdays. Yeah, having just come off a weekend where it was super, super hot, sun was shining, yep, in the Pacific Northwest, everybody hopped off to the beach because we do this every year for solstice. And the question is, OMG, what the heck don't we know? 
So party planning specialists share how summer babies can host a unique birthday bash. But beyond all of that, babies born in the summer, amen. Uh, Julia Vieira, thank you for joining me here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We're glad to be here. You know, how fun and cool is this? How fun and cool are your jobs, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, burn is an understatement sometimes. Okay, give us the skinny on what kind of things we should know about taking a burn out of the summer birthdays, because that's just not fun. No, yeah, you know, definitely, Dr. Pat. I mean, you know, truth be told, summer birthdays have really gotten a bad rap, and in reality, summer is one of the best times to have a birthday. Uh, when planning, definitely focus on quality over quantity. Warmer weather means the activities are more unique and adventurous. So Pierre and I believe that you should just ditch the big party and all the time and money that comes with it and um, have your kid invite their best friends for a day at the water park, a baseball game, or an outdoor concert. And, you know, even if you decide to throw the party, doing it outside allows you to have a bigger space to play with. And lastly, you do not have to wait until summer in order to celebrate. You can host a get-together earlier in the year so your kid has a chance to celebrate with their friends. Well, you know, one of the things, too, is when we take a look at this and we think about, okay, you know, how is it we can make the best, you know, make a splash, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about everything from soup to nuts. Well, not soup in the summer, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I think um, Pierre probably about like ways to make your party unique and interesting, how to make it stick out. Sure. Uh, since it is the summer, you do want to take advantage of that warmer weather. So have a party in your own backyard by putting a twist on the classic movie night. Uh, instead of computer or TV screens, you can have a projector, which you can easily rent with the quick search. Or if, you're, if you want to be resourceful, you can ask a friend or even a friend of a friend if you could borrow theirs. And, you know, hopefully they do get invited. On the day of your event, you can place out string lights for lighting. And instead of chairs, you can have fun pool floaties for seating. So, you know, those fun swans or pizza, uh, it just it makes it a little bit more fun for the summer. Yeah. And, you know, let's just do two things real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, one is you you both are like every Friday. Uh, you People can see you sharing these party tips, seasonal, whatever it is, right, mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook. So that's important for people to know, right? Yes. Yeah, we, we have a biweekly live show. It's called Evite IRL. Pierre and I are co-hosts. You should definitely watch it sometime, Dr. Pat, or want, if you want to come on, we would love to have you. Um, oh, my God, I'm such a party animal. Yes. Perfect, yes. <laughs> Uh, and it's a really great opportunity for us to like show uh, DIYs, you know, tips and and uh, tricks to help plan your next party. And we also get to connect with um, our audience, the the Evite fans and customers, and we kind of answer any questions they have and really help them to um, to come together with everyone that they know and love to have those really special moments in life. You know, the one thing in particular I know that is so important to talk about. I mean, I love that you guys are doing what you do, but here's the thing. Kids can also, from what I understand, can become heroes. Uh, and I want to talk about that because I, I have, I'm an auntie to a 10-year-old. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I had as much going on in wisdom uh, that this kid does. But this idea of becoming a birthday hero is so inspiring. Yes, it's amazing. We've seen quite a few children donate their birthday to charity and what we like to call birthday heroes. Uh, so one way a child can become a birthday hero is by using our donations tool powered by PledgeLink when creating an invitation. 
There are thousands of causes around the world to choose from, and the nonprofit of choice gets 100% of the proceeds. Uh, so once the design is chosen, the charity of choice is chosen, and the invitation gets sent out, we send you a free badge that parents can print out so that their child can proudly showcase that they've decided to make a difference in the world and are a birthday hero. And we have a fun fact that kids' birthdays so far have raised over $1 million, which is amazing because kids can truly make a difference. Yeah, I mean, how can people find out more? Let's just make sure everybody knows, and I know we, we've got to run real quick here, but I want to make sure folks know how to find out more because we're always trying to figure out, man, like, how do we make this birthday special? No, it's so true, and, and um, you know, we think about that every day, and we really recommend people visit evite.com backslash birthday for all the tips, tricks, and inspiration you'll need to help plan your next birthday party. Awesome. Uh, one last thing. I want to each of you, real quick, what's at the top of your fave? Do you have a fave? Do you have a fave, each of you? <laughs> a, I have a fave. Do you have one? <laughs> a fave, like a favorite uh, birthday party? Yeah, boy. <laughs> oh, I, I have, I have, I have a great one. But Dr. Pat, you are the host, so you go first. <laughs> yeah, the funnest thing I ever did was take my two plastic pink flamingos uh-huh. that I have out here, uh-huh. and we had the kids do animated puppet kinds of things with pink. Oh, flamingos. that's so cute! That's so fun! Oh my God, no script or anything. <sighs> it was hilarious. Oh, that's great. Uh, for me personally, the best birthday I ever had is I went to Hawaii for my birthday. And uh, that was like a life-changing experience, and now I, I expect it every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it was just going on a, a road trip with a, a few of my friends and just enjoying the weekend. Okay, and I, I just lied to you. One last question. <laughs> sure. Favorite food. Favorite food. Come Favorite on. food. Uh, pizza. <laughs> For me, <laughs> for me, when it comes to birthday parties, my favorite food is just really good cake and really good vanilla ice cream. You get those two together, seriously, I will be the happiest party goer in the world. Oh, my gosh. You know, I got to say that uh, the right answer that I should be talking about would be like salad, like that. Yeah. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I am going to give you the key summer pizza. Best pizza summer. Uh huh. Grandma, Italian grandma Basile. Yes. Salad pizza. You take the pizza, you make it like regular, and then you take that delicious Italian dressing with the salad, none of that dry crap, mm-hmm. and you put it on there. Oh, that's, there you go. That, that sounds, sounds great. So, that sounds delicious. Let's make it on our next We're going to make our next IRL for yeah. you, Dr. Pat. Oh. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I know you got to run. I love talking to you, right. and thank you for making fun, fun, fun in the summer. Thanks so thank much you. for having us. Thank you. All right, rock on, everybody. We'll be right back. Never felt this way before. It seems as though I've earned my wings. I wear a smile all the time now. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our real house to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on The Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com.
Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Ignite your inner magic on Grow Your Soul Radio with Jane Matanga. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Jane Matanga explores how to overcome your fears to help you gain the inspiration you need to awaken your path to joy. Learn the way to life mastery and the enlightened path with Grow Your Soul Radio. For more information on Jane Matanga and her work, visit enlightened-path.com. Before, but I must admit it couldn't have been no one in my life has made me feel this pure and genuine. I found this love of mine. Hey everybody, Hernani Oliveira is joining us here today and Mark Reisenauer. Why? bringing a world of bright ideas to cancer care. I was so looking forward to having this conversation because in the world we live in, many of us know that we have been touched somewhere in our lives by cancer. About a year ago, I lost a very, very dear friend. But what is it about today's message that is going to change things. How do we recognize folks that are bringing a world of bright ideas to cancer care, you know, that are doing extraordinary things, that are discovering solutions for cancer care that are blowing the doors off of what we know? Today, we're really looking at what it means to be acknowledged for innovation and action. Welcome to both of you. Great to have you here. Thank you. I, I Thank you. Ha- to be here. I want to start with each of you, and I, I would love to ask this question. You know, one day I woke up 15 years ago, I dialed a wrong phone number, and I bought my first hour of airtime, and I never looked back. Somehow I knew this was what I was meant to do, create positive talk radio network. I want to ask each of you, what was that wrong phone number that each of you may or may not have dialed to become so passionate about cancer care? Who would like to start? I can start. This is Mark. Uh, happy to do it. And thank you again for having us. Um, so my wrong number, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I think um, it was interesting uh, when I got into the cancer field about 25 years ago, um, at the time, there weren't a lot of treatment options for patients. And so um, at the company I was working at at the time, 
I, I was able to get promoted um, into a role um, on, that supported our cancer products. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't a very glamorous position. It was actually at the time, it was um, better to be in cardiovasculars and, and other therapeutic areas. So it was almost a disappointment at first. But for me, once I became involved and I became, um, you know, active with um, the patient advocacy groups and, and really starting to get an appreciation for the impact um, that myself and my company could have on patients and really seeing that impact, I was, I was hooked at that point and uh, I never looked back. So that was probably my wrong number. Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, here we are, right? Arnani, you are the recipient. You are the one that is like, here we are. This is your day, your moment to shine. I I don't know. Did you ever dial a wrong phone number? (laughs) Yes, of course, of course. Uh, Actually, some years ago, I was working as a molecular oncologist, and I witnessed on a daily basis people struggling with the lack of accurate information. Yeah. Uh, and this feeling was so uncomfortable that I decided to take a, a second course, a second degree in communication sciences. And I started to develop new strategies, new tools, uh, new technology to improve the health literacy of society. Um, so uh, that was my, 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 my wrong <laughs> number. And... Um, <laughs> Actually, to receive a, a C3 prize was very, very important yeah. because uh, this happened one year after I was diagnosed with a, with a lymphoma. So uh, I am a cancer survivor and I, uh, I, I was uh, working in this field. It was like, uh, ironically, I, I was working on this field and I understand I understood that we we have to improve this 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 kind of uh, new technologies, yeah. and uh, C3 Prize is a great way to 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 do so. I was so looking forward to talking with you because of this. You know, it's one thing to have an initiative and and come up with innovative ideas like this around technology, but you and I have something in common. You know, we both have experienced mm-hmm. our very specific, unique diseases ourselves, right? And, uh, and you know, uh, not even as a result of that, but aligned with that, you took innovative action. And I love the idea that you and I are talking about technology as a way to not just accelerate the cure, but to educate and inform people, Right. I mean, this is really the next frontier, isn't it? Yes, yes. And the whole project, uh, my, this project that, yeah. that is the winner of the, the, the grand prize, um, it's, it was developed to fight anxiety and mm-hmm. the sedentary lifestyle uh, of children hospitalized with cancer. Yeah. Uh, so together with psychologists, doctors, parents uh, of children with cancer, cancer survivors, we developed this video game for tablets and smartphones that tells the story of a child who fights cancer as a superhero who fights against the bad guys. Yeah. And the, the innovation of this tool lies on the combination of a serious game component to teach topics about cancer with an exergaming component that promotes exercise 
through the front camera of mobile devices. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a good way to increase uh, uh, treatment's response and to decrease the anxiety uh, on these children and uh, on, on, on parents and caregivers that are, are looking forward to, 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 to have more and more information. I can't say enough about that because, you know, uh, we too are developing a, a game for our particular disease. We actually have uh, superhero characters and the whole idea. And most of the time people told us we were crazy doing it. What did people say to you when you came up with the idea? Were they like, oh, no, what what are you doing? Anani, what are you doing? <laughs> 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 you know, uh, and uh, it, it's difficult. It is difficult because, oh my gosh, it's it's a good idea, but how can you how do how, how can you improve this uh, this idea? Uh, how can you are, are you going to be able to to to, to put this uh, on the field? Uh, and uh, that's uh, that's when a fallacious reprise uh, comes and uh, and say, look. We have a solution. We have fun to 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 fund this this kind. Of, we we have funds to fund uh, your your solution, and mm -hmm. uh, it was a great opportunity to to see that uh, there are a pharmaceutical company that wants to to improve this kind of non therapeutic uh, tools, uh, psychology, and uh, yeah. uh, our mental ability uh, is is. We have to to care about it. We have you know? to. So, oh, yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. So it's amazing. And for me, the 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 grand prize uh, winner of the South Sea Prize has had a significant impact in transforming the whole project into reality. So uh, with this award, Portugal, for example, uh, we don't have uh, so much support in this kind of technology. Uh, right. But once uh, I got the, the, the award, I. I it was amazing. People yeah. started to, 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 oh my God, started to staring at me and say, oh, he has something new. He has something that is it's good. So let's talk with, with him. So it, yeah. was, it was wonderful. It, uh, this prize was wonderful from, uh, on so many levels, you know. Yeah. And you know what, Mark? It's a lifesaver. Let's talk about this because, you know, Ernani and I both have something in common. We're both developing games for diseases that, uh, most people would look at and say you're wasting your time. In my case, our superhero game is is about chronic Lyme disease. And so we've just finished the animation for our characters. And I have to tell you, you know, when we think about the innovative idea, Ernani is really on it, right, Mark? I mean, this is the new world we live in. And boy, we better get on addressing both the psychological and the physical, right? Absolutely. I think you hit it on the head. We at Acellus, we believe it's important to do more than just provide treatments uh, for uh, cancer patients. We know that the disease and the journey is really complex and, and arduous. So we thought, uh, and I think correctly so, that a, a contest like the C3 Prize, where you source innovative ideas from all sorts of people, patients, doctors, um, caregivers, entrepreneurs, those who are directly affected by the disease, you're going to get the best, most creative solutions. And I think we've seen that bear out, um, certainly in the first two years, and we're hopeful now that we're in our third yeah. year, uh, that we continue to see that same um, great response in terms of ideas. I love it because, you know, it opens up the door 
for saving lives. Because in the end, isn't that what we're talking about to both of you? You know, aren't we really talking about saving lives in ways that uses the best of our technology that we have to reach more people than we've ever reached before? You know, uh, Ernani, isn't that the truth for where your vision was? Yeah, and we joined the entertainment part uh, of yeah. video games or, or yep. entertainment tools with something that that we need to improve. You know, with with whole project. Uh, uh, we could reduce 63% of anxiety crisis in 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 children. 80 percent of the children increase their knowledge about cancer. This is amazing, yeah. and the results also indicate that the physical exercise in these games can reduce the hospitalization time in 35%. Wow! So it's amazing. I I uh, I, I I was I was. Uh, first of all, I, I think don't hesitate in submitting your idea to C3 Prize. Enjoy all the collection process. Show your passion, and you can be the third winner of this incredible competition. This this city prize is amazing. I love it. You know, Mark, I want to ask you this. Let's talk about the uh, C3 Grand Prize. Let's talk about C3, the deadline, what people can find out more about. I have someone that would be a perfect candidate, which I've already sent this information, but the public doesn't know. Tell us information. What can people do? How can they join the ranks with uh, Hernani Ear? Yeah, so... Um, this year, um, we have a very specific focus, and it's it's coming up with innovative ideas for low- to middle-income countries. And what we found is that that's where the cancer burden is the highest. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, 70% of all cancer deaths occur in low- to middle-income countries. So we think there's a significant need to come up with ideas here. So we have a deadline of July 25th, right around the corner, for people to submit their ideas, and they can get more information as well as submit their ideas on the following website. It's www.c3prize.com. Thank you. And now I I know we've got time for maybe one more question. I would like to hear from each of you. What is your personal message? What do you want to leave everybody with? And please tell them how they can find out more. Ernani, why don't you go first? So uh, I said that if you have some idea, if you have something that you, you think that can improve uh, the oncology area, do it. Do it uh, with this kind of competitions. Uh, the experience is amazing. Don't be afraid. Uh, uh, the submission process, for example, for C3 Prize is very easy and provides an opportunity to attend a world-renowned conference in the field of cancer if you reach the finals. So mm-hmm. uh, take part of incredible experiences that uh, is uh, to improve uh, this, this area. Don't be afraid. It's my message. Oh, thank you. Mark, how about yes, you? And my, yes, actually similar to Hernani, I would say um, you, everybody can make a difference. And there is no bad idea, uh, and there's no small idea. So whatever idea you have, please submit it, um, and you could potentially make a difference. I can tell you that in the past two years when we've run the program, there have been a number of finalists who only had an idea. They didn't have a prototype. They didn't have a company. It was just an idea, but the idea was important, and you could tell it was impactful, 
And um, again, I would say like Hernani, please don't hesitate to submit your entry to www.c3prize.com. Awesome. Thank you both for joining us here today. Hey, everybody, please check it out. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.